thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, so good to connect with you all again today. Whether you are online or whether you're here in the room, it's so good to see people here in the room. And um, as you are watching this or connecting with this, I'm speaking live uh, on Sunday the 1st of November and yesterday Uh, As you all know, our Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that the UK or the England are going to go into a national lockdown for another month. So if this is your first time here in the room, we're not going to be in the room for the next four weeks at least, okay, as part of our response to that. But the church is still going to be open because the church was never closed. And you know, for us as a church, our big statement at the moment is that we don't want to be, we don't try to be the best church in the community. What we want to be is to be the best church for the community. And so over these next few uh, days, we will be responding to what's happened. We will be communicating with you, our response as a church. And you know, for me, as I uh, listened yesterday, and Alison, my wife and I, as we listened to the Prime Minister, immediately after he'd finished, we switched the television off and we prayed together. And we didn't pray for us, we didn't pray for our family, we didn't even pray for our church, we prayed for our nation. And we prayed for those that are most vulnerable and those that are most affected by all that's going on in our world right now. And then we began to pray for us and our family and our church like we all would do. But you know, I think I want to encourage all of you, whether you're here in the room or whether you're online, in these days, these are difficult days, really difficult days. And we need to own that and be real about that. But the big question we're asking today is, how can we hope for a better future? And uh, isn't that an important message the day after we got the news that we got from the Prime Minister yesterday? How can we hope for a better future? And I don't know whether you ever think about the future, what the future is going to look like. Um, But you know, we do think about the future. And of course, inside each and every one of us, our hope is that the future will be better than than the present right now. And I don't know whether you think about maybe even your future and maybe even the end of your life. And I I want to talk a little bit about that today because I think when we do talk about the end of our story, it can help give us some perspective for what we're going through right now. And that's where I'm going uh, today in, the, in this talk. And you know, um, at the end of your life, what will people say about you? At the end of your story, when you kind of put that pen down, because we're talking about the story I'll tell, what will people say about you? What would be that kind of statement, if you like, uh, on the tombstone? And I love what Bob Hope, the comedian said. He said, uh, my wife asked me where I want to be buried. And I replied, surprise me. That's a typical Bob Hope, if you know who he was. And then Spike Milligan, famous British comedian, he apparently put this on his tombstone, I told you I was sick. And then I like this one, uh, and we don't believe in this, by the way, but this one says, reincarnating, I'll be back, so don't touch my stuff. And then this one, died from not forwarding that text message to 10 people. Do you remember that? When we used to get the text message, and you're almost like, if you don't forward it, you're going to die. But then Martin Luther King says this, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I am free at last. What a perspective on the future, even beyond your life, which actually speaks into the current reality. There's nothing like focus focusing on the end of the story to give you perspective for the chapter that you and I are in right now. And the question we're going to look at today is this, how can we hope for a better future? And guys, whoever you are, whether you're a person of faith or not, I believe we can hope for a better future. I'm not talking about adjustable toilets or fancier cars or more money. I'm not talking about that. But I believe if you put your life into the hands of God, we can hope for a better future, even 
beyond the story, when you finish that story, on even beyond that, even beyond this life, there is a better future. And we're going to look at a character called the Apostle Paul. And Paul wrote much of the New Testament. And there was a season in his life, there was a chapter in his life, which by all um, what scholars reckon, this was the last thing he ever wrote. Okay, so he wrote much of what we call the New Testament. And in the second book of Timothy, chapter four, he's in a Roman prison and it's the last thing he writes. So this is like the end of his story. And this reveals, I think, an incredible perspective. And guys, if we can capture this, and I don't know whether I can do this justice, but if we can capture this, I wanna give you five things today that will give us perspective so that we can hope for a better future. And it's all taken from this guy, Paul, at the end of his life when he's in a Roman prison and and he asks for some paper and he asks for some pen and he's beginning to write. And, um, And we're gonna look at it in a moment. In this last chapter, he mentions 17 people by name because at the end of your story, it's not places, it's not projects, it's people that matter the most, isn't it? And so even though the Apostle Paul was a go-getter, he was an entrepreneur, he was a pioneer, he was a church planter, he travelled hundreds and hundreds of miles, he was on ships and got shipwrecked, he went to new cities, he, he loved starting new stuff. At the end of it all, it isn't the places he went to, it isn't the projects he led, it's the people he knew that were in his heart. And the reality is, as we read this in 2 Timothy 4, verse 9 to 18, I love this. This is my favourite part of the whole Bible because to me, this is some of the most real, authentic, vulnerable things written in the Bible. Paul, the great Paul, writes this from a Roman prison. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved the world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker, he did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him. At my first defence, listen to this, no one came to my support. Hear that? He's being so honest. He said, I've invested in so many people and when it mattered the most, nobody pitched up. Nobody showed up. I imagine myself if I was um, uh, overseas in another country, remember those days when you could do that, uh, and, and I was arrested and put in prison and, and, and somebody phoned up the church and I've been here at the church 28 years this October, just gone. I can imagine, you know, if I said, well, just phone the church, they'll vouch for me. And all you guys in the church in Life Centre said, Leon, never heard of him. Never heard him, don't know. That's exactly what Paul, nobody came to my defence. May it not be held against them. But then he says this, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles, that's the non-Jewish people, might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And what you see in Paul in that prison cell is that incredible honesty. Life sucks right now. It's so difficult. It feels hopeless. And yet there's hope. And yet there's hope. And there's something about perspective that I think Paul has got here to teach us guys of what we're going through right now. And whether this is personal to you, whether you are personally going through a difficult time or whether collectively 
It's like, because we all are, aren't we? We're all going through this pandemic and all of that, put into lockdown again for another month, Christmas around the corner, dark nights and days and all of that stuff. How can we get perspective to believe that we can hope for a better future? I think it's all to do with this. This is a microscope. And um, I know this because I, I don't know what to do with it, but I borrowed it from a scientist. And you see, with a microscope, what you do with a microscope is you look down at what's right in front of you, don't you? It's a forensic thing. It's a detail thing. You're looking down and you're investigating. But you see, there's a microscope perspective, but there's also a telescope perspective. And with a telescope, you don't look down, you look up. And with a telescope, you're not looking down at the detail forensically. You're looking out beyond for what's beyond, for what you can't see with your natural eye. Both of these perspectives are really important. But guys, can I say, if we're going to have hope for a better future, we've got to stop using the microscope. Hello? And we've got to start using the telescope. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul does. And I want to give you now five principles of how we can hope for a better future. Number one. What you're going through, what you're going through won't last forever. It won't last forever. Paul, in another writing in the book of Corinthians, he says this in 2 Corinthians 4, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And when he says our light and momentary troubles, you've got to know that what Paul went through was not light and momentary in my book. He was whipped, flogged, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, bitten by a snake, um, rejected and deserted and turned on by people he'd invested in. They're not light and momentary. But Paul says, because he looks through a telescope, he says, in the light of eternity, it's short. It's light. It's momentary. It's momentary. Perspective is this is not going to last forever. Guys, listen, listen. If you're online, lean in a little bit. COVID-19 will not last forever. Lockdown will not last forever. This season that we're in will not last forever. In the light of eternity, in perspective, it will not last forever. There's a great line in the film, The Best Exotic uh, Marigold Hotel, if you've ever seen that. It says this, everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Some of us have to hear that today. Everything will be all right in the end. That's not just wishful thinking. I'm going to prove that in a minute. If it's not all right, it's not the end. So number one, what you're going through won't last forever. Number two, what you're going through is doing something in you. Paul says light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory that outweighs them all. That literally means it's like a seesaw. Here's the trouble and there's a weight to the trouble, but the trouble is achieving a weight of glory that is more valuable than this. Now, here's the thing. If I've got 50 kilograms of dirt and 50 kilograms of gold, which one weighs the most? The dirt or the gold? They both weigh the same, right? Which one would you rather have? 50 kilograms of dirt or 50 kilograms? The reality, the value of that is more important, is more valuable than this. The weight is the same. And it's like Paul saying, the troubles feel heavy and they are, but they produce in you something valuable, which is worth more than the weight of the troubles. And I don't know, and I know some of you guys um, and, and some of you out there online as well. And you know, some of you, you've lost people through this season. You've lost weddings. 
You've lost parties, you've lost celebrations, you've lost holidays, you've lost jobs. Maybe you've lost hope and it feels hopeless to you right now. But listen, what you're going through, God is doing something in you if you will hold on to Him. And you know, we're all prone to comfort. We all want comfort, don't we? But an athlete will tell you that, that when that athlete crosses the finishing line in first or, or gets that medal, you know, then they say, do you know what? All those winters of running in the cold and of doing the weight training and of watching what I ate and, uh, and all the press-ups and the squat thrusts and weights, it was all worth it. The doctor will tell you that all of those hours and hours at medical school and, and you know, sleepless nights trying to get exams passed was worth it when they got the chance to help someone live. And of course, our thoughts and hearts go out to the NHS, don't they? And all our amazing health and social care workers. Winter is always a time when they're under pressure. This winter, like no other. But they'll, they'll tell you that, you know, it was worth it, was worth it. A marriage that goes through difficulty and comes through stronger will say it was worth it. There was a weight of trouble, but it produced a weight of glory. What you're going through won't last forever. Secondly, what you're going through is doing something good in you. And thirdly, what you're going through, you don't have to go through alone. I want to say a couple of things about this, about going through. Number one, you're not alone. If you feel that you're on your own, you're not. There are other people going through what you're going through. But number two, you're not alone. In other words, it's not just that you're with it with other people. God is with you. The Bible says, Paul says, after saying all this stuff, all this disappointment. His story could have ended in disappointment, discouragement and disillusionment. When he looked at people, he, it was like he was looking at a microscope. He was looking forensically at all the people who let him down and he could have finished with his head down in despair and discouragement and disillusionment. But he didn't. He swapped it for a telescope and he said, Do you know what? The Lord, He stood at my side and gave me strength. Isn't that amazing? The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. It says in the message translation, at my preliminary hearing, no one stood by me. They all ran like scared rabbits. But it doesn't matter. The master stood by me and helped me. And I want you to know, guys, in this season, we can hope for a better future because we don't have to go through what we're going through alone. And I am so grateful for other people, but I'm even more grateful for God. Because whatever you're going through, the Lord stands at your side and gives you strength. Number four, what you're going through is purposeful, is purposeful. And you might think, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a minute, I don't want this. No, you're absolutely right. None of us want this. None of us have got our first choice world right now, have we? But the reality is, if we embrace God in this season, guys, if you're not yet a Christian, I want you to know, if you embrace God in this season, God will do something in you that's purposeful, purposeful. And Paul's telescope perspective is that his life is not all about the here and now. It's not all about the light and momentary troubles, that there's a bigger perspective, there's a bigger view, there's an eternity to think of. And what's happening to him, he says, is resulting in the message about Jesus getting out. So even though I'm in prison, he says, actually, the message about Jesus is not in prison because the message about Jesus is getting out. You know, last week on our, um, on our live stream uh, on YouTube, somebody put on YouTube this message. They said this, and we don't know who this person is from around the world. They said this, 
I don't know how this, this video, that's what they call it, how this got onto my feed, but these are the answers I'm searching for. Isn't that amazing? And, and so even in this period of lockdown and even in this difficulty for us as a church, we need to know that this can be purposeful as well. And whatever you're going through in your life, guys, can be purposeful. That's how we can hope for a better future. I love this kind of phrase that I've put together um, from, from a few other sources. Things happen to us, and they do. And that causes things to happen in us. But when the right things happen in us, amazing things can happen through us. And so we have to break that down. These things happen to us and they cause things in us, okay, good and bad. But when the right things happen in us, amazing things can happen through us. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about. Just a few days ago, I um, listened to um, a little devotional video on Instagram that one of our young people had done. And Sophie is part of our church and she's also part of our equip program here at the church. We run an equip program a year out for gap years for interns. In fact, two of the musicians um, uh, up on the stage today, the drummer and the bass player are on this equip program. They've travelled to us from different parts of the country. But Sophie uh, has grown up in this church and she's talking about hope and she's talking about her own experience and she's talking about a verse, another verse that the Apostle Paul writes about in Romans 15. And it was so good, I thought, rather than me just say, I'd let Sophie bring it to you today. So this is Sophie's story about hope. Hi everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sophie and I would like to talk to you for a couple minutes about hope. So two years ago, I started college and I was really looking forward to doing my A-levels. I worked really hard um, and when it came to results day, although I hadn't been able to sit my exams, I was pretty confident that uh, I was going to do well because of how much work I'd done. Um, it was a huge shock to me that morning uh, when I found out that my grades had come out of an algorithm. For my favourite subject, I had worked literally hundreds of hours just for my grade to be pushed down by two whole grades. Uh, I was utterly heartbroken on that day, but it never really felt like I was derailing from what God was planning for me for the future. Uh, in Romans 15 verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I would say that this verse is particularly challenging when you consider the idea that hope is needed most when things are hopeless. When everything is going well, you don't really need hope. It's not something that you need when it's light, but it's something that can draw you out of the darkness. Uh, God has a plan for you, but it may not look the way we expect it to. Sometimes things seem hopeless, but having hope by trusting God allows you to see beyond the hopelessness of the moment. For me, I learned that God can see the full picture and he isn't restricted by an algorithm. I want to challenge you today to think about what areas in your life need hope. Maybe you've pushed something aside because it seemed hopeless, but could you dare to bring it before God and ask for that overflow of hope that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit? That's great, isn't it? Hope is needed most when things are hopeless and God is not constrained by an algorithm. I love that. And I don't know about you today, wherever or whenever you're watching this or whether you're here in the room and maybe it feels hopeless to you right now. And you're saying, how can I hope for a better future? And I've given you some perspectives, I think, from the Apostle Paul's life. You know, it's not going to last forever. You don't go through this alone. It's doing something good in you and it's creating some purpose in you. 
But here's the final thing, and I want to spend a little bit more time on this one. What you are going through, what we are going through, will not have the final word. What you're going through in your life will not have the final word. What we are going through as a nation and as a world will not have the final word. Paul says in verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to the heavenly kingdom. Now, he's not saying it will work out all right and I'll be set free from prison because actually he wasn't. He was actually beheaded. That's how he died. But his perspective isn't a microscope perspective where it looks at the here and now and looks at the forensically what I can see when I look down. His perspective was a telescope perspective when he said, hey, however it ends up, it's all right because it ain't going to get the final word because God will. So actually, I can hope for a better future whether in this life or the next. And I love that. And that's so, so important. Rome won't have the final word. Jesus will. Prison won't have the final word, Jesus will. COVID-19 won't have the final word, Jesus will. Recession won't have the final word. Unemployment won't have the final word. Sickness won't have the final word. Divorce won't have the final word. Pain won't have the final word. Listen, Jesus will have the final word. And there are some people in the room getting quite excited here. I don't know how you're doing at home, okay? But this is not just me preaching up a storm, hopefully. This is truth. And guys, in hopeless times, you, don't, you need hope then, don't you? When life's great, you don't need it. But right now, it's not great for any of us. This is the season when we need to hope for a better future because of Jesus. And, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about death today, okay? And you're, some of you are already switching off, uh, but, but I want to give you a perspective on this. You know, my mum, as many of you know, my mother was part of this church. She died uh, on March the 1st. And so the funeral was literally just three days before lockdown or four days before lockdown. And, and she died holding on to a little wooden cross in her hand because she loved Jesus. And we couldn't find that little wooden cross. And we asked the funeral director to find the wooden cross and he couldn't find it. And I asked him to go back and to look again. And, and, and he went in and he said, you'll never guess what. But as we got your mom's hand, we put, pulled the fingers open and the wooden cross was in her hand. She literally lived and died holding on to the cross. And I want to say that kind of perspective on death gives us, gives us hope to live our life really well. Because when you're not frightened of death, you're not frightened of living, neither. And the Apostle Paul was not frightened of death. And, and he has this perspective, like a guy called D.L. Moody, who was an evangelist, an American evangelist, he had this perspective. He wrote this, someday you'll read in the papers that D.L. Moody is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am right now. I shall have gone up higher, that is all. You see, life, if you look at life like a microscope, then it's just the few years that we've got and that's it. But if you look at it like a telescope, it goes on forever. It's like, this isn't like a, the Hubble telescope. I'm not gonna see a planet with this little thing, all right? But actually you can see beyond and then if you, the more powerful telescope you've got, the further you can see and you realise there's always more to see. That's eternity, it's eternity. And we need a telescope perspective of this season that we are going through and this life that we are living and in fact, if you're watching and you're not a Christian yet and you think, I'm not sure about this whole Christianity thing, let me give you a little something to think about. In the 18th century, Voltaire, who was a very, very clever guy, he was a philosopher and he was a critic of Christianity. He said this, in a hundred years, Christianity will be dead and the Bible will be obsolete. 
A hundred years later, Voltaire's house in Paris was turned into a printing factory to print Bibles. Because that's a long range view. God is not bothered by people coming on the scene saying religion, you know, Jesus is dead, Christianity is dead. Listen, that's a microscope view. We've got a telescope view. In the light of eternity, we can have hope for a better future. As Paul sits in prison, in lockdown, here is his perspective on death. Just before the passage that I read in verse six, it says this, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my departure. And that word departure that he uses has three meanings in the original. Firstly, it's a ship. It means you lift up the anchor, you hoist the sail and you set sail. Secondly, it's like you're living in a tent and you take down the tent because you're moving to a mansion. And the third one is you're in a prison cell and someone opens the prison door and you are set free. Those are the three meanings of the word departure. That's how Paul viewed death. Isn't that amazing? If you view death like that, then you can always hope for a better future, even in this life or in the next. And that perspective on death is so, so important. This is how we can hope for a better future, guys, as we come up to this winter. Jesus will have the final word. Not even death itself has the final word. For Paul, life was great, but heaven was greater. Life was great but heaven was always going to be great. And I don't know what you think about heaven. You know, I, I um, looked on the internet for some kids' views on heaven. And uh, David says this, if you're a Christian, you go to one part of heaven. And if you're a Jewish, you go to another. It's really the same, but I guess the food will be different. <laughs> Walter says, you can't get there unless you're dead. And even then it's hard to get in. They ask you a lot of questions at the gate, but they already know the answer. So you better tell the truth. And then Benji says, where you go is called hereafter, but it's not here and it happens after. And I don't know your views of heaven, whether it's that kind of like fairy tale, cloud, sky, heart, music, all that. That's not heaven at all. It's not heaven at all. Heaven is that place for me where, where, where actually God takes all of this stuff that we can't get to deal with and understand and kind of makes it right. It's that, it's that thing where, you know, I ask that we've got an online community here at the church. We've got a Facebook group. We'd love you to join that. If you're connecting with us in our geographical areas or anywhere else, just go on our Facebook page and go to the online community and, and request and you answer a couple of questions and we'll let you in, which would be great. And um, I asked the online community this last week, when life is tough, what keeps you going? What gives you hope? I had all kinds of great answers like um, having other people, like knowing that this is temporary and that the sun will rise tomorrow and um, you know and somebody said knowing that this too will pass and then they said this it may pass like a kidney stone but it will pass but many people also said this the thought of heaven gives me hope and guys I don't know where you're at here in this room or online whether you're watching it live or whether you're watching it at some other point I don't know where you're at when it comes to heaven but I want you to know this heaven is the place where things that don't make sense now will make sense then Heaven is the place where all of our tears that we cry will be not only acknowledged, but will be taken away. Heaven is the place where all of the injustice and oppression will be made right. And all of those people who've been treated badly in this life will be given crowns in the next. Heaven is the place where there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more sorrow. Heaven is the place where we can put our hope in because ultimately heaven is the place where we see Jesus 
face to face. You know, this life is like a movie and we're in a scene from the movie and the director has told us how the movie's going to end so we can hope for a better future. Guys, as we come into land, uh, we're going to bring something to you. I found this song a few months ago and I've been listening to this song on repeat. Whether it's because of my mom dying or what, I don't know. But I've been listening to this song on repeat. And um, this song is like an old hymn, really. It's a new song, but it's like an old gospel hymn. And I thought, I asked our creators, can we bring this to people? Okay, but, but maybe let's bring it in a different setting. So I asked St. John's Church, which is in the town of Hales Owen. Uh, and I know the vicar well, Dominic, is a great guy. And I said, hey, could we film it in your church? The church has been there a thousand years. It's a Norman building. And so I thought actually to film this song in that is like a telescope view of eternity where we remind ourselves that our story, guys, is not just a here and now light and momentary story. We're part of a bigger story that goes back and we're part of a bigger story that goes forward into the future. So whatever we're going through will not last because we are part of a bigger story. And one day, one day, we will get to see Jesus face to face. And at that moment, all of the stuff that we're carrying right now, all of the pain, all of the hopelessness, all of the uncertainty, all of the darkness, all of the fear, all of the grief, we can give it to Him and He'll take it. Won't that be amazing? Listen to the words of the song. I'm a traveller far from home. I get lost, but I press on. There's a mansion in streets of gold where I belong. There's a day coming soon where the old will be made new and heaven's glory shines like the morning before our eyes when we all see Jesus. When we all see Jesus, no more sickness, no more madness, no more pain. When we see Jesus face to face. And as the guys perform this song on the video for you, I want you to just to take all of the stuff that you're carrying right now, that you're feeling hopeless with, and just almost kind of say, I'm going to give it to Him. Because there will be a moment when you and I will see Him, if we know Him, face to face. If I boil it down to one thing. How can we hope for a better future? We've got to put our life into the hands of the one who holds the future. That's it. And so I want to invite you, maybe if you're watching online, if you've never considered Jesus, He considers you every single day. And you know, we do a thing here called the Alpha Course, which starts on on the 9th um, of this month. It's online. You can tune in from wherever you are in the world. It's 8 p.m. UK time, but wherever you are in the UK, tune in. We would love you to be a part of that along with other people. You can ask questions about the Christian faith. You can go to our website or you can text um, to 60777-LCC-Alpha followed by your name. So it's LCC-Alpha followed by your name, 60777, and we would love to connect with you. But you know, many of us, uh, we already know Jesus, but we're maybe carrying some hopelessness right now. And again, I want to say, you know, put it into the hands of the one who holds the future. That's all we can do, isn't it? And when we do that, let's ask Him to give us some telescopic perspective on the here and now so we can see the here and now as one chapter in a long story that He is writing. And then when we look back on this season, and this season is just stories that we tell, will our stories be stories worth telling? I really hope they will. And I'd love to pray for you guys right now. So if you're in the room, would you stand with me? And if not, I want to pray for you right where you are. And maybe, you know, as Sophie said um, on that video, you know, you don't need hope 
Um, you know, you don't need hope if things are great, but if it's hopeless, you really need it. And it's the light that draws you out of the darkness. I love that. And so maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're here in the room or you're watching whenever or wherever you're watching it. And maybe you need that. I'd love just to pray quickly for you. So let me pray. Jesus, I wanna thank you so much for your hope. Jesus, thank you that we can have hope even in the middle of a lockdown. God, the hope that Paul had in the middle of the prison cell, because he knew that he would see you face to face. So he knew that there was a better future coming regardless of what happened to his life. That's hope. So Jesus, I wanna pray for every single person, whether they're here in the room or watching online, that they would know this hope and that they would put their hands into the hands of the one who holds the future. And so now, Lord, as we bring this series to a close, we're not putting our pen down. You're not putting your pen down. There's loads more chapters to write in our story and your story, even in and through this season. But God, I pray that You give us hope. We all feel a little bit flat right now after the news yesterday, but God, help us to lift our head up and to have not a microscope view, but a telescope view of You and Your story. In Jesus' Name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish, guys, by singing the song that the guys introduced to you right at the start of this series. And again, that video just flew all around the place and blessed so many people, which I know this other one will as well. And it's just simply called The Story I'll Tell. And so many of you have heard it already and we want to encourage you to worship God with this song as the guys bring it to you as we close our series. And yeah, we're not going to be meeting in person for this next month, but hey, the church is still going to be open. We're going to be online. We're going to be reaching out. We're going to be looking at how we can meet our neighbours' needs, how we can bless our community, how we can be the best church for the community. And we're going to be looking at how we can bring and carry hope, aren't we? Because we have the hope within us. The Bible says it's Jesus, it's Christ, the hope of glory. And so as we sing this song and as we engage with God through this song, we want to lift your spirit as we focus again on Him. And then as we say, Jesus, may the stories we tell be stories worth telling. Bless you.